What up, y'all? Welcome back to the Who That Live podcast. It's your boy T-Word, the People's Champ. I'm here with JT, the Saints of Font. What's good, bro? Oh, not much, bro. You know, kind of don't don't feel as good coming off of a loss of the week. But, you know, we got a, we got a game yeah, to we, bounce back from this week. We'll be all right. We, we talk big shit. <laughs> we talk big uh, game going to this. You know, it always happens you know, when we do that. We, we may not yeah. even do that no more. Me and you, when we both when get on it, you know, sometimes I'll yeah, be on it and you won't be. But when yeah. we both get on it. You know the Saints gonna let us down. Say, when it's when it's both of us, it, that's a bad omen. So we we figured the magic out. I found out something else. If my dad goes to the home opener in any season, we typically get embarrassed in that game. The Patriots in 2017, so on and so forth. So number one, we're not allowed to be talking blowout on the same podcast together. And two, he can't go to no more home openings. So I think we figured out we'll be able to win the rest of them. We'll be able to win. Man. So just me, yeah, you know, just doing the people, do work for the people. Yeah, we're going to take one for the team, take one or two for the team. So let's get right into it, bro. We're talking about the Saints recap versus the Giants. Home opening the Superdome after been going a month. And we've seen a lot of, we've seen a lot of good. We've seen plenty of bad from this team throughout the year. And Sunday, we kind of saw a microcosm of it all in one game. We saw potentially how good the team could be. But we also saw how, because of the youth and the lack of depth at some positions for this team, they really need to take control of games and stay on the gas the whole time. So I'm going to throw it to you first. And you talk let, talk to the people about what you saw on Sunday and, and kind of give them the rundown of how that game went in your mind um, with, the, with the Giants coming back for a victory in overtime. Go ahead and tell the people what you thought. Man, I mean, I can give you, you know, I got one word for that game. You know how I started out? And uh, it, it ain't a PG word. It's bullshit. That's that's how it was. You know, that's 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 the one thing to describe that game, because I feel like there's no way we should have lost that game. We had the game most of the game, you know, until the fourth quarter where we kind of just kind of got got really conservative with our offense and just we give it away. I mean, I don't I don't have any other words to say what we did besides just give the game away. I mean, that's that's what it felt like, because the defense was was doing our the defense. They they only held them to 21 points. I mean, in regulation, we only give up 21 points. That should be enough to win yeah. a game. The offense had their their way. Like, the passing offense was starting to cook. You know, I started the trend, you know, on Twitter, let Jameis cook, because that man was starting to cook. I don't think he had more than 12 completions, but once – 12 straight completions once in his career. I think that's the mo- – that's out. there's only one other time in his whole career that he's had that many completions. And mm-hmm. I felt that – we should have let him play a lot more because, I, you know, I think James Winston's biggest problem is he he was waiting for receivers to come open. And I don't think our receivers create enough separation to come open like, like the way he would like to see them open. So I think he finally yeah. said, you know, if you're not going to come open – I'm going to throw you open. I'm just going to throw it and re- rely yeah. on you to make some plays. And he did that. The first you one you really saw him do that exactly was Ty Montgomery. You know, that third down where he threw it to Ty Montgomery. And Ty Montgomery was not that open. He threw him open. Yeah, it was tight cover. And Right. Yeah, I think that gave him his, his momentum to say, okay, I can do this. You know, I can throw these guys open. I'm feeling myself. And then, you know, he gets the touchdown. Didn't he throw it to Juwan Johnson? Ain't that the – am I mistaken? I think it was Juwan. Yeah. And Juwan, then yeah, – uh, yeah. 
And then we open up the second half. And what do we do? Shot play right out the bat, right out the gate. Marcus Callaway, 58 yards. Uh, you know, it was beautiful. And I think Taysom ended up finishing the drive with a run. And, you know, they got – everybody was like, man, I bet, you know, you know, uh, Jameis Winston's got to be upset, you know, uh, Taysom taking his touchdowns. And they have the sideline sound. And he, he's like, he's like, run that. <laughs> you know, he said, we're going to run it until they stop it. You know, because I think Winston honestly just wants to win games. I don't think he honestly yeah. cares what his stats look like at the end of the year. I think he just wants to win some games. And uh, he's only had – He's only had one one winning season as a pro. He had a nine and seven exactly. season in Tampa, and they barely missed the playoffs. So he wants to get that loser that loser record off. He wants to shift that from those you know three and thirteen. If we win 10, 11 games, he's going to be comfortable with that, and he's going to know we could do even better with this team around me. So yeah, he's going to do everything possible to change that loser that loser moniker that's been laid on him because he's been on teams that haven't won. So whatever it takes, I'm sure he's a dude. If he throws 20 touchdown passes this year and we go 12 and five, he's going to be cool with that. So yeah. I like what you're saying there. He's all about the team. Everything he says sings team player. It's not smoking mirrors. This is really what he wants to do. And in that game, he was doing everything. But the thing is, sometimes you need to know that that dude is the man and you got to let him cook. Like you said, you got to let him go. This was a game where before the game, I told you, if you turn Jameis loose on that secondary, he's going to eat their ass up. And he was eating them up. That's the thing. Exactly. And that, that's what I was going to bring up to the, to the point with the, uh, you know, Winston. He trusts and he's an ultimate team player. So as to where he goes with what Sean calls, do you honestly think Drew Brees wouldn't have checked out of some of them third and two runs or those fourth and two runs? You don't think Drew Brees would have done that? But I don't right, think sure. Jameis Winston has the authority yet in the offense to be able to check out of plays like that. I mean, I think he has somewhat of offense, but I don't think he's going to do it. If it's a key thing like that, no. I think he's going to go with what Sean Payton says for now. So, yeah, I think you between know, the 20s, he probably got some – he probably has some authority to move around, you know, change things up. But I think inside the red zone, he's going to stick to chalk and do what Sean says because obviously exactly. this guy's won the Super Bowl, been to the playoffs, winning his coach over the last four seasons. You're going to listen to him in the red zone. He's got one of the best offenses in the NFL history. So, yeah, like you're saying, Jameis is going to be very respectful at least this year until it gets to the point where he knows Sean is holding him back. Hopefully when Michael Thomas gets back, Sean will feel more comfortable turning Jameis loose and living and dying with some of his bad plays. Like I've come to accept that. He's going to make a couple bonehead throws, and he's going to pay on about 50% of them. The difference is in this offense, you can recover. In Tampa, it was quicksand because they didn't have the defensive support. On this team, exactly. you can take a couple of risks, just not in the red zone. So if, if I could jump in here and talk about what I saw in the game, I yeah. saw a team that slept walk for about the first half. They didn't play their best. I don't think they took the Giants as seriously as they should have, and it they hurt didn't. them. They went into the half without being in total control. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer in breaking the will of a team, something that LeBron's teams do when they have an advantage, something that the Warriors did when they were like the big three and four. When they had a chance to put the nail in your heart before halftime, they put the dagger in. So when you got to the second half, it was elementary. It was sleepwalk through the second half for your team because you knew it was over. There was no way you could come back. They beat you down so bad. The Saints didn't put their foot in their throat and I don't like watching a team without a killer instinct that has the talent to be killers. 
and we just didn't see that. And I thought that a lot of that was this team goes as Sean Payton goes. Everybody says, oh, Drew Brees was a catalyst. No, you can look. On the days when Sean Payton was in his bag, the Saints did well. It didn't matter how good or bad Drew did. If he was in his bag, we won in spite of Drew. You go to the days where Drew might have had, like, a horrible game or a great game, but Sean was on that bull, the team would do poorly. So, in my opinion, that's what happened on Sunday. The team did poorly because he didn't he didn't give them a reason to put their faith in Jameis in critical moments. And then this guy goes in, throws a touchdown pass, it gets called back, and then you go back to the deep ball, just go right back to that same play because it worked, just switch receivers, but instead you switch quarterbacks and you throw a pick, and that turns the momentum of the game. The Giants going to get 15 straight, tie the game up, winning overtime. So in my opinion, it was a big whoop on Sean Payton's accord. And I, I mean, I can forgive him because he, he's done a lot of great things for the team. But at the end of oh, the yeah. day, I'm, I'm a little sick of that at this point. Like, we're four games in. That first quarter, we got a 50-50 in the first quarter. This next quarter, I need him to turn that shit loose. So yeah, exactly. on saying that, on saying that, before we shift into preview for the Washington game, um, usually we give like a player of the game. Like we used to do one up, one down, one to grow on. Now we do player of the game. I don't like giving player of the game when we don't win. That's like giving the game ball and the loss. But I do want to give out a donkey. Yeah. And I'm going to come up with a better name for this uh, than a donkey because that's somebody else's. But for this week, we got to give a donkey. And I'm going to let you go first. Who was the ass this uh, week? Well, you know, I we've been giving him praise because he's looked really good. So when we're giving praise, we got to give him some uh, critique. And I think Paulson Adebo had a really bad game. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that Kadarius Tony. it just seemed like whoever Paulson Adebo had in coverage, that was the guy they targeted. They said, you know, all right, if it's, you know, I think eventually at the end of the game, they started shading Kenny Galladay over there. You know, Kenny Galladay started getting over there. It was just like whoever has, Paulson Adebo has in coverage, we're going after. And – uh, you know, I would probably forgive him more for that. But when he didn't go after that fumble, when that clear fumble happened in the end zone and he didn't even go look to try to grab it, he just kind of stood there because he was upset because he gave up the coverage. Uh, that really upset me because that changes the yeah, whole game. Better. If that becomes a touchdown, touchback, yeah. that completely takes all of New York's momentum. They have no momentum for the rest of the game. If you lose a touchdown like that, because they don't have big plays like that. So if they lost that big play because of a touchback, they're not coming back. They give up. They fold right there because they're like, well, that was our biggest play. Look at the – remember in the uh, pay, playoff game with the Bears, remember when they tried to do that real trick play and they didn't they didn't complete it and uh, they just kind of rolled over after that? That would be the same way with the Giants because you just take all their, all their willpower and all their fight after that. So I got to say that, you know, Adebo really screwed up in this game. Not to say he won't be a good player. He just wasn't a good player in this game. How about you? Who you got? Yeah, I don't think he's ready for prime time. I don't think Adebo's ready for prime time as far as full-time duty. Um, I like that he's getting a significant minutes and meaningful games. And he's, he's, he's been hot and cold, and that's good. He's going to learn. But I think that when you have Trufant and Roby sitting on a bench or, you know, healthy scratches or whatever, I think you kind of need to play those guys and then spell okay. him when appropriate and try to put him in favorable matchups. Um, my donkey this week is going to be the coach. It's Sean Payton. Um, I feel like he dropped a baby. You know what I'm saying? He dropped a baby this week, and, you know, the team paid for it. So because of that, I'm going to have to give him my donkey this week because, like I said, as he goes, the team goes. And I'm not opposed to giving it to the whole organization. When it's a team loss, I'm going to lay it at the team's feet. 
But in this particular instance, this was Sean Payton definitely letting people down um, offensively. He just didn't get in his bag, and I was disappointed by that, and I was frustrated by it the entire first half. And by the time we got to halftime, I mean, I was on pins and needles feeling like we're probably going to take an L this game. So I wasn't surprised. Yeah. I was just a little surprised that we couldn't hold Dawn at the end. But then when I figured out we were going to overtime, I just knew it was a wrap for us. We were a done deal. So I had to give it to Sean Payton. So segue from that into this preview, week five, uh, we're trying to get into trying to get into this by above 500. We had a Washington football team. And um, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I don't know where to start with this game. So I'm going to throw it to you first. And maybe you want to start with the offense or defense to give us some keys to victory. And we'll go from there. Well, I think that we would be uh, remiss if we didn't go over the injury report first to kind of show you what the uh, what each team is dealing with. The Saints doesn't look like they're going to have any players come back this week. You know, it's an early bye, so I feel like they're just going to kind of let our guys rest. They're going to just let them, you know, there's no – I think they feel comfortable with the guys that started last week because we didn't get any extra injuries, thank God. Our injury report is the same as it was last week. You know, Marshawn Lattimore still dealing with his hand. I feel like that's probably off by the time we come back and play Seattle in two weeks. Uh, Armstead's not practicing. McCoy's not practicing. None of our players off IR have come off of IR to practice. Uh, so I just think they're kind of just going to punt that. Now, on Washington's side, they have a lot of injuries. They lost their best Pro Bowl guard, Brandon Shreef. Uh, their linebacker, Bostick's out. He's been really good for them. Uh, they lost – uh, who else did they lose? Oh, Logan Thomas, really good tight end for them. That's their third, their third option. Uh, they, Antonio Gibson wasn't practicing. Curtis Samuel wasn't practicing. J.D. McKissick was limited. Uh, they just have a lot of injuries. It's a lot like last week, but I would say their injuries are a little more key injuries than the injuries that the Giants had. Uh, so, Injury-wise, they're pretty banged up. Now, offensively, I think the Saints have to attack their their passing defense because it's been terrible. You know, all the hype over the uh, the Washington defensive line, how it's supposed to be this, you know, great defensive line. It's supposed to be awesome. They're supposed to do this, 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 this. They have been terrible. The Saints have six sacks on the year. They have seven. So that's bottom 20. I think they're 23rd and we're – 30th. I think that's where it's at. So they don't get much pressure. Now we have Hurst is going to be in instead of Tron Armstead, but he, uh, you know, Chase Young so far hasn't done anything. So they yeah. really aren't a good defense. They're, they were hyped to be a really good defense, but they have not lived up to it. Uh, right. Their secondary is terrible. They lost another corner for the game too. I think one of their starting corners was out. So their secondary is just bad. And Winston having a little bit of momentum coming off this last game, I think you yeah. capitalize on that and you give the receivers that haven't maybe had a good season so far, you let them eat. You give everybody a little confidence going into the bye so they can say, mm -hmm. you know, I think if we play the game to the way we played the game against New York and the Patriots and the Green Bay where we just run the football a lot, I think you're playing into Washington's hands because you're going to keep the game closer than it should be. You need to go ahead, step on the gas right out the gate and go after them because that pass is terrible. I think it's 32nd in the league. They give up four touchdowns okay. and 300 yards to Matt Ryan last week. Uh, 
And the Falcons are not the Falcons we've been seeing. They're pretty terrible on offense. They have Cordero Patterson. They paid that four, first number four overall pick for uh, Kyle Pitts, and he doesn't even have a touchdown yet. So uh, yeah. they're not that good team. It was literally they're just the the Washington football team is just that bad on offense. I mean, on defense. Yeah. On defense, uh, right. Yeah. Now, if you want to talk offensively, it's – Without Logan Thomas and a banged up Antonio Gibson and a bad and a if Curtis Samuel doesn't play, you're looking Samuel, at Terry yeah. McLaurin. You're looking yeah. at Terry McLaurin, and he's a very good receiver. But this is the receiver that really plays into the kind of game to me that Lattimore plays. I think this is the kind of receiver that he gets up for. That he just his skill set just seems to really match up well with those kind of guys. And uh, yeah. I think yeah, Lattimore can erase you guys too. Exactly. I think Lattimore will erase him. I think you'll have a Lattimore game to where he just holds the guy to no catches, maybe a few catches, you know, 40 yards, something like that. There, there won't be a factor. Uh, and, and I would give him some help over the top too, just because he is a burner. Um, I would keep, yeah. I, I mean, I know it takes away from what uh, Marcus does, but I would probably kind of shadow with him bracket because we don't want to give up that big play. We want to, we're going to make you beat us with Gibson or somebody else. And right. that's going to give the other players a chance to step up. Pete Werner look good, stuff like that. So if I could jump in on the offensive side for us, facing Washington's defense, I would say um, here's something I don't want to see. I'm going to throw a number at you. So up to this point, through four games, Taysom Hill has taken 15% of the offensive snaps that were the only thing I'm going to exclude from this is handoffs to running backs. So on plays that were drop back passes, QB runs, scrambles, sacks, or interceptions. Um, he's played 15% of those snaps. When Drew Brees was there, that number was under 10% in the last full season that Brees played. Right. Okay, that's the best way I can quantify it. When Brees, is, when Brees has been out, like with Bridgewater and so on and so forth, obviously Taysom got full games last year, and then um, he got um, partial games with Bridgewater the year before. Um, I need to see that number down to like 5% with Jameis. Like, why would it go up when you have a quarterback that can actually do more at this point in his career? So what I need Sean Payton to figure out is you got to trust Jameis, Jameis, and you got to live or die with him on some of these things and just set him up for success with the running game. So I think setting up play action where he could get the defensive backs to kind of suck down and draw down towards the line and then bomb them while it slows the tempo down early, if you beat Washington deep enough and you kind of get them in that cluster bomb where they're off balance and they're playing on their heels, you're going to be able to have your way with them. And that's when Sean Payton really gets in his bag. So I think that at least for the first half, we need to run it effectively, use screens. I don't want to see Kamara go another game without a target. Uh, that's another stat that we have. First game in his career, didn't get one target. Even with Taysom, he at least was getting one target. So I'm, I'm really disappointed in the way that the offense played against the Giants. So I need to see them take part of that game plan and just use Jameis to his strengths better and attack down the field and make those defensive backs play better. Um, as you were saying, for the Saints on the defensive side, uh, with the limited weapons that Washington likely has, I want to see Pete Werner in coverage do a little something. I want to see Demario Davis flying around blitzing. I want to see Chauncey sitting right tackles on their ass every now and then. I want to see Malcolm Jenkins blitz. Um, and I'd like to see Bradley Roby start um, opposite Marshawn Lattimore, and then you sub in the Debo situationally. And then when there's a situation where it's like you're going to go nickel 
Maybe you put a Debo outside and you bring in Trufant to play the slot. And every now and then you put Roby there. I just, I really prefer Roby outside, even though he's been decent. That would be my configuration. And I wouldn't be mad if we saw six defensive backs sometimes. What do you think? Okay. I think that would be a fine idea. I mean, I, I uh, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I think they were just waiting for uh, Adebo to, to have a bad game. Not necessarily they wanted him to have a bad game. They were just kind of waiting because people could say what they want. They traded a third-round pick for Roby. Roby is a better player than Adebo right now, currently in his career. Uh, Roby's mm-hmm. a very good corner. I mean, he's not a slouch. Like, we haven't got to see him much here, but he came out the first game and looked great. I mean, not great, but he looked good. And he didn't even have a whole week of practice. Like, I mean, he just kind of came out there, and they threw him out there against Carolina, and he held his own. So now he's probably up to date. Uh, I feel like he's probably in the offense. We used him, from what I understand, we played him in a dime look, more like a linebacker almost last week. He looked fine. I think he got 10 snaps. But mm-hmm. you don't trade a third-round pick for a guy to get 10 snaps. I'm sorry. Right. I think that Adebo was just here to look. You know, I think they didn't expect him to even get as good as he is now. I thought they, I think they honestly just thought that he would be a red shirt almost. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think they thought he'd barely see the field this year. Uh, in a perfect right. world, I think they thought Crawley was going to be their number two. Lattimore was going to be the number one. Adebo was going to be the fourth. Uh, Roby, you he know, Roby would have been the backup. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Right. Roby would have probably took a, took Crawley's spot, and Crawley would have probably been the number three corner. Then you got Roby, mm-hmm. and then you got Trupont. You know, that's a really good group. But it's yeah. really hard Four to take the rookie. Five. Yeah, it's really hard to take Adebo out of the lineup when he was playing so good. I mean, he was playing really good. And uh, he's the I guy thought, you want to develop. I, I thought he was up and down, to be honest. And, you know, I'm former cornerback, coach, defensive back, yeah. all that stuff. So I think sometimes the things that I'm looking for in the player where he was inconsistent at, I felt like the more snaps you put him out there, the more his inconsistencies would show up. And it finally showed up to more people on Sunday because it looked like he was getting abused, like to the tune of 175 yards on his side. So then people yeah. started to take notes like, oh, snap. Well, hey. If you go back and look at the other games, sometimes mm. it was just masked better. But the fact of the matter is he had those same struggles. It just was masked better, and we weren't being attacked in the same way. In fact, Sam Donald was kind of the first to really exploit it. And then um, Danny Dimes actually, you know, put a foot in his ass. So, <laughs> I mean, you you taking like two what I consider mediocre, okay quarterbacks, and they exposed him because he's a rookie. And – he was getting so many snaps. It's like anything. You do it enough times, the flaws show up. If you punch at a wall enough times, wherever it's compromised, you're going to find it over time. And I think they right. hit that wall enough times to find the compromised part of the defense. So I think when you put in Roby, it's pick your poison going against him or, or, or Lattimore. And maybe there's some things that Roby was showing in practice where scheme-wise he may not have been picking it up and they felt more comfortable going with a guy who had been there from the spring oh, yeah. all the way until – and that probably played into it because I know they're big on continuity, but I think that Roby's veteran enough to step in. And if you're not comfortable with that, Trufant been in the league like since 2013, I believe. You know, let we you got that. That's a lot of that's a lot of tape. That's the most experienced defensive back short of Malcolm Jenkins. We got to use that yeah. to our advantage. So and I mean, Crawley, Crawley. I mean, he's still he's still out there. I mean, he's from what I understand, he's healthy. They're just not putting him. They're just not taking him off IR because they don't need him. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I suit up probably with this group. 
you know, unless somebody. No, nah, you can't up, right like, now. Early. Like I said, you got to wait until yeah. somebody gets hurt. I think he stays yeah, on IR somebody... probably until somebody gets hurt or they make him take him off. Yeah. I don't know if that, I don't know how that works. I don't know if he can stay on IR. I don't know how long you can stay on IR, but uh, without being taken off. I don't know how that works. But, because, uh, you know, we got the new IR rules where you can come off and come on and, you know, they really use that to their advantage, which I like. But, uh, you know, uh, I think Roby should start, but you know, I never know about the Saints. You know, you can never tell. You know, maybe, maybe uh, Chris Richard really wants to play a Debo. Maybe that's the guy he really wants to play. So we'll just have to yeah. see. I don't, I don't know. Uh, he might be seeing some Sherman in him or something. So let's, let's yeah, get into, you never know. You know, sometimes we we forget to do our predictions. So let's get into predictions, and um, I, I want you to give a player to watch and then give your prediction. So, um, do you want to do one on offense or defense, or you just want to pick a side of the ball and not the other? What's good for you? Uh, I'll let you pick one side. I'll pick one side. That way it won't be too long. Okay, I'll, I'll take a defensive choose. side. Um, you choose okay, defense? I'll take defense. So give me, yeah, give me somebody on offense that, that the folks need to be checking for and then give me a prediction. Well, uh, Deontay Harris is still currently rated uh, the number six wide receiver by PFF. Now, I know people have, find PFF controversial. Some people like him. Some people don't. But uh, right. the man has been good. I think he's been better than what people have expected. And I think the only reason people aren't talking about him more is because the offense has been so handicapped. But I was talking to people on Twitter today. And what I don't think people understand is when Michael Thomas comes back and they can't focus on Deontay Harris the whole game, like he is in their wide receiver one, because don't get it twisted. The wide receiver one that teams are focusing on right now is not Marquez Calloway. It is Deontay Harris. They do not want Deontay Harris to beat them deep. You can no longer do – Exactly. You can no longer do that with Michael Thomas. When Michael Thomas is back on the field, he is your number one priority. And I'm telling you, Deontay Harris is really going to eat when he starts getting those lesser targets, you know, when he gets those players, when he's not against the number one corner or something like that, because he runs by guys. I mean, he's fast. He's really fast. And I think that number one's already. (laughs) Exactly. And when he gets to run by number twos, you know, and the safety help, maybe they, they cheat a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait, but anyway, up the field and James CMD, yeah. I see you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think that he's going to have a good game. I think he should because there's nobody I see on the uh the the Washington football team secondary that's going to keep up with him. They might bracket him. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because I believe they play a lot of zone. I think that's the defense that that Washington likes to run a lot of. That's typically what uh Jack Del Rio likes. But um. Yeah, I'm going to go with him. I think he's going to have a really good game. I think that he's going to go over 100 yards, and, you know, he may not have a lot of targets, but I think he's going to go over 100 yards. Yeah, no doubt. I think he can eat against that defense, especially if, if the offensive line holds up and keep Chase Young at bay. This don't need to be his breakout game for 2021. That's no. uh, What's no. your prediction? What's your, what's your final score? Uh, I will go New Orleans 27 to 13. I think defense bounces back. I think they really shut it down. I think they come back with a vengeance because good defense is that's the that's the sign of a good defense. They don't let two 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 games in a row beat them like that. Yeah, yeah, they don't have two stinkers back to back. They got too much pride for that. Man, now I'm a little nervous about my prediction because I was going to go 28-14. Um, oh, and that's kind of right there in the same spot, huh? Yeah, but you know, last time now, last time we did that, the Pats game, our predictions were fairly close, and uh, yeah. we were actually close to the final. Um, I think it came a lot Bear. closer to yours and mine, though. So maybe I'm not too nervous, but I got 28 to 14. Um, defensively, 
I kind of want everybody to keep an eye on Chauncey Gardner-Johnson um, this game. I think, I think they're going to use him as a chess piece, and they're going to move him around and kind of do like they used to do with Palomalu sometimes. They would play him like a hybrid linebacker safety, move him up and down, mm-hmm. drop him back, let him go into coverage, let him blitz, you know, just move him around like just an X factor, like um, kind of like the old 4-6 defense was where you have 48 just moving around the formation and, and doing different things and just he could be anywhere, that wild card. So I'm expecting, I'm expecting Chauncey to be that. And I think that with them not having a, a real explosive player that's healthy besides McLaurin, we can afford to let Chauncey just do his thing. And when he's able to just be out there and just wild out and be that Gator boy, um, he's really the epitome of what the Juice Boys are. Like, he's just a dog off the chain, and, and he's going to bite somebody, and I like that about him. So I definitely feel like uh, that's going to be my player to watch this week. And I think that if he's able to be effective, if they could get Deontay Harris involved early, like you're saying, and Sean Payton jump in his bag, and he's aggressive early, and he put pedal to the metal, they're going to overwhelm Washington and the Saints to walk away victorious and, and end up three and two and get back on a good foot right on the verge of a whole bunch of people coming back from injury. And that's right when this team will start streaking. They're, they've typically been really good in October under Sean. And if this game was like a Thursday night game instead of a Sunday game, he still would have his October streak intact. So when you yeah. think about that, his teams typically do well when they, when the leaves start changing colors. And last I checked, I was seeing a little brown outside. So – it's about to go down, you dig? Oh, so on that note, yeah. I think we're going to wrap it up. You got any final words for the people, bro? Bro, I can't, you know, I Colin Cowherd, everybody hates Colin Cowherd. You know, he's a blowhard. Everybody gets aggravated with him. And uh, last week I, uh, I sent a tweet. And it went pretty viral on Twitter. You know, I think it got 1,000 likes and several retweets. And uh, I wrote, you know, if the, if the Saints defense gives up 27 points, I'll eat my hat. Well, you know exactly how many points the Saints defense give up. We give up 27 points. So maybe I'm not going to make any more bold predictions like that again, bro. Maybe I'll just keep that, you know, I'll keep it to myself. You know, I can't because, man, they was cooking me in the comments, bro. They was like, where's that hat at? Where's that hat at? I don't need that hat, bro. Hey, always. Sometimes we got to Bro, we got to retire that Juice Boys thing. I don't know what that was, but we can't do that again because they ain't the Juice Boys. They was the milk carton boys because I was trying to find them, bro. They they was they can't well, do that again. Nah, to be fair, for three quarters, they oh. were the Juice Boys. But because Sean Payton decided to be Grandpa Sean in the fourth quarter, they just ran out of gas. Like, I don't care what anybody said. If you look at how many snaps they were on the field in the fourth quarter and then compared to the rest of the game, them dudes was out there way too long to be able to hold up. And then they go into overtime on their heels they didn't even get a chance it would have been better for them if the offense had at least gone out there and either not scored or kicked a field goal in overtime and gave them a little extra time to recover they might have been able to stop the Giants or hold them to a field goal but instead they were gassed out because Sean Payton wasn't effective on offense and I'm gonna keep blaming him till I'm blue in the face but that's my final thoughts for the week hoping for a great day man can't wait to see the Saints uh as always Always a pleasure when we get on this thing. We do it for the people. This has been your boy T-Word, People's Champ, with my co-host JT and his little buddy in the background. Until next time, we out of here. Peace. Peace.